Hello and welcome to Nikon Report, your weekly roundup of all of the latest Nikon news and all other photographic announcements that we found interesting. This is Constin here and here is Becky. All right, what is the news? The news is that Nikon's third quarter, third quarter. Q3 financial results are out. All right, all the figures are out. That's Let's right. dig into it. Mm -hmm. Record quarterly sales of mirrorless cameras. Deficit shrunk despite declining revenue. Segment was profitable in real terms, excluding factors such as restructuring relevant expenses. Mm -hmm. Brisk sales of new products in mirrorless cameras and lenses. Which is great. Mirrorless bodies and lenses reached record high for quarterly sales volumes and revenues on contributions from new products such as Z6 Mark II and Z7 Mark II. This is all good news. Yes. Think about it this way. What year we had, yes. first of all. What yes. a year it was. Has been. Still is, actually. Still is. <laughs> well, it's, it's going. Well, financial year ends in March mm -hmm. this year. So revenue was 150 billion yen. Operation profit was 9.9 .9 billion. Now, compared to the same quarter last year, revenue is down 2.8 billion. And operating profit surpassed by 5.9 billion. So decrease in revenue and increase in operating profit year on year. Surplus in all segments except extraordinary cost. By extraordinary cost, I guess we have two things. Nikon restructuring that they announced last year mm -hmm. and obviously COVID. Yes. Okay. So we're taking those into account or accepting Exactly. Those, right? Exactly. So according to that, we see record quarterly sales of mirrorless cameras. Right. So now mirrorless is taken off. Yeah, for sure. That's what we need to say. And again, we talked about it many times. We see the DSLR market is shrinking and the mirrorless market is increasing. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's look at this quarter compared to the same quarter last year. So revenue last year was 153 million. Now it's down to 150 million this year. Mm -hmm. Operation profit, however, increased from 4 million to 9.9 .9 million. Okay. Right. That's interesting one. Profit before income taxes also increased from 5.8 to 10.9. Now we will concentrate on the imaging business. Okay, they have two other businesses, precision equipment business, yeah. which was up from last year, which is really good. Nikon is doing really well in there. So compared to last year, it was 52.6 billion and this one is 66.6. Which is a, an incredible increase. And yeah. precision equipment, we're referring to medical... Yeah, microscopes. Yeah. All the measuring things. Now, they also have healthcare business. And I guess, remember when we talked about this, their retina scanner. Yes. So I guess that's to do that. And that is also up on last year. So from 16.5 to 17.1. So there Nikon is doing really well. Now, imaging product businesses, that's where we're going to concentrate on. So yes, cameras sure. and lenses, basically. Yeah. That's what we are here for. So now we are down on last year from 70 million to 52.3 million. So it's minus 25%. Right. Again, think about what year it was. Yes. So we've gone over the figures. Mm -hmm. Now, what does that mean in terms of regional sales and also portions or segments of the of the market okay so let's go through segments first so mm -hmm. the imaging division so the portion of sales is 36 percent of all their output okay okay 40 percent of it is uh, of the whole sales are precision equipment right so a lot of people forget that and their healthcare is 13 percent mm. all right so we're going to concentrate on the imaging products yeah the most sales nikon had in the united states 27 percent the second place, and this is very interesting, 20, uh, 26% is China. Mm. A lot of us forget about China. Yes. We always talk about Europe yes. and UK combined and United States. Uh, we all forget about China. So 
China's at second place. Interesting. Now, Europe, including UK and Japan, are in the third place at 16%. Right. And others... <laughs> Nondescript region. Nondescript region, I at 15%. Okay, so that's that breaks down how much they've made from each market and also each segment. Yes. Okay. Effectively in terms of sales. And in terms of imaging products, what have they been shipping out? Okay, so they in Q3, uh, they uh, shipped 280,000 of digital SLRs, 470 of interchangeable lenses. 470,000 interchangeable exactly. lenses. Exactly. Those figures include DSLRs and mirrorless cameras as well as DSLR and mirrorless lenses. Right. Okay. okay. This is up on first quarter and second quarter of this year. Mm -hmm. It is better than Q3 of last year. So that's good news. Last year they shipped the same period. They shipped two forty and three ninety. This one is two eighty two four seventy. Yeah. So we see an improvement there. And uh, well, they only shipped eighty thousand of compact digital steel cameras. So I would assume that's point and shoots. I'd imagine that's the cool picks range. Absolutely, but I'm not surprised about that. No, um, it's also interesting to see because obviously the the whole kind of pandemic really started hitting in the fourth quarter yes. of last year. Yes. So. Comparing this third quarter with last year's third quarter and yeah. seeing that this year's quarter is up is actually kind of an interesting comparison. Exactly. So again, keep in mind that financial year starts in April and ends in March. Yes, exactly. Not from January till December. No. So we talked about restructuring um, and Nikon had announced that they were doing a restructure and I thought it would be worth you just saying what that means. They have seven steps for restructuring the company. Seven steps to success. <laughs> That's right, seven steps to return to sustainable growth. They've done two of those steps? Yeah, so they've shared this slide in their presentation. They've done two steps already. So first one is management foundation. So continue to strengthen governance with focus on stakeholders, technology and brand. Right. All right, so the next step they did is sound financial condition. Maintain liquidity to support investment in growth and rebuilding of existing businesses. So this, I guess, to do with restructure. Yes. Uh, yeah. Restructuring the business. They've been moving offices, closing offices, and try and but the planning stage of that. Exactly. They've announced it last April. Yeah. Restructuring takes quite some time for a big corporation like this. For sure. So there's certain steps that they have to do. Now they're in a step which is called improve balance sheet. Conduct the re-evaluation of non-current asset and inventories. Now, the couple of things here. So A, it's to reduce debt and B, to close areas that are not financially sound. We have another news this week of Nikon closing two Japanese factories. Mm. So I guess that's to do with that. Yes, that would make sense. Okay. And also, you know, the discontinuation of things that are no longer profitable to be producing, essentially. Absolutely. The market is shrinking. Overall, so it is what they do is basically they try to say, okay, well, the market is shrinking. What do we do to be efficient yeah. in this environment? Yeah. The next step is resilient against COVID-19 and future crisis. Well, mm -hmm. self-explanatory. Yeah. The next one up is rebuild imaging products business. Focus on pro and hobbies. Okay. Finally. 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 And restructuring responding to the market, market shrinkage. Here we go. Yeah. Again, cutting costs. Yes. Improving efficiency. That's where your hot shoe covers have gone, by the way. <laughs> For anyone that was wondering why there's no hot shoe They're covers. They're gone. Saved millions. <laughs> Saved millions by cutting the hot shoe covers out. All right. So the next one is stabilized precision equipment business. We talked about this. They're actually doing really well there. Mm -hmm. So I assume that, well, they just want to improve on that. Yeah. So, and the top one is build foundation for growth. Well, I guess that's the important one. Yes. That's like the last step. So yeah. building a foundation for 
further growth. I think that sounds like a good sound plan. I agree. And uh, and long may their success continue. Absolutely. And then again, talking about reducing debts, there's a very interesting comment on Nikon Rumors by Eamon Hickey, who says... Nikon included a page about their financial position in the presentation materials, which, while not unusual per se, seems like it might be a response to market chatter. In Japan, the most commonly used financial metric for long-term solvency is equity ratio which essentially tells you how much of a firm's assets are free of debt. If it falls below 20%, that can be seen as a danger sign, mm -hmm. although every situation is different. And it's interesting because he brings this analogy to Olympus, what happened to Olympus back then. That's right. He says Nikon's equity ratio is 53.2%, about what it's been for years and years. For context, when Olympus was having its financial scandal, its equity ratio fell to 2%. That's very low. Wow. That's when Sony stepped in with some money to stabilize their Olympus's position and Olympus is financially in perfectly good shape now. Sony's current equity ratio is 21%, which is a bit low, but Sony is still recovering from several years of huge losses in the mid-teens. They've been on the upswing, so 21% with that context in mind is not really troubling. Still, mm -hmm. I'm sure they're aiming to get it up around 50%. He also mentions Canon's equity ratio is 60%, Fuji's is 61%, Ricoh's is 48%, and Panasonic is 34%. He says these were computed quickly, but I think they got I got them right. Now, he is a blogger. He runs the online photography blog. Quite an interesting chap to uh, read and listen to, but he obviously knows his stuff. And when you look at the graphs of Nikon's sort of equity ratio, they are in the safe zone as far as yeah. we're concerned. So what would you say to the Nikon naysayers who say Nikon is going down? I would say read the facts. It doesn't look, look like through it. the balance sheet. <laughs> but just to kind of back up here, what you've read, Nikon equities were, well, they didn't shift that much. They were 53.8% uh, at the same quarter last year. Mm. The year or financial end of the year, uh, which was in March 2020, was 53.7, and now it's 53.2. So they haven't really shifted that much. No, exactly. So, so Nikon didn't borrow more effectively. Exactly. Is that everything on the financial report? Yeah, I think it's overall very positive news. Uh, Nikon's stock has been up around 5% on the reports, and it went up from about 844 yen to 901 yen. You know, I had the thoughts about this, and with the whole GameStop debacle, mm -hmm. I just thought, well, let's say GameStop as a company, uh, it was almost bankrupt at some point. Yeah. Retail investor bought the shares, and that's what caused the shares to go up. Mm. I was just wondering if people, let's say, as photographers, Yes. would buy one share of Nikon Corporation each. Yes. And just hold it. If you use the equipment, why not to buy one share? It's only 900 yen, which is not that much in, in pounds. I don't know if it's five pounds or something. Yeah. And who knows if each of us would buy one share each, potentially can support the company. That's true. And then it would be a GameStop situation all over again. Well, I don't know <laughs> if it's going to be a GameStop of, uh, situation. And uh, uh, looking at current developments, People who invested, they're not, they're not really, you know, a wolf of the Wall Street. They're more like a lambs of Wall Street at the <laughs> moment. So unfortunately, hedge funds are killing us. But <laughs> I just thought that being a retail investor and buying a one share of yeah. the company you like, I'm not talking Nikon, just of the company you like and support, yeah. 
would be quite interesting. That is quite nice. That was the way that everybody bought stocks and shares. Yeah. I think it would be interesting for smaller businesses as well. Exactly. So it's just a different way of supporting the company. It's true. It's very yeah. true. And of course, buy equipment if you support the company. <laughs> That's right. Now, on that topic, um, there was an unpublished interview about what was coming next. And they did say that they were adding three new full-frame mirrorless cameras yes. to the lineup. And they were also adding... Seven more lenses. That's true. To make the total lineup 18 lenses. That should be in Q&A, which hasn't been published yet. So I'm hoping they will publish it. They normally publish it a couple of days later. But from the tidbits that we could find, they mentioned those releases. So that's also very promising if you are a brand fan and you're wanting to see what those new releases are. Yeah. It looks like they will come out soon. Yeah. The question is, will be it released in quarter, fourth quarter this year mm. or the next financial year? If it's this year, then it will happen before April. Who That's knows? right. Wouldn't that be nice? If you have any comments on how to do financial reports, and obviously we are not financial advisors, <laughs> do please let us know. And obviously we hope to do better next time. Yeah, if you you mean how to cover them. Yes, I do love To make them sound more interesting. <laughs> do you love, love a good spreadsheet? Yes. <laughs> As we just mentioned, uh, Nikon report also suggested that they would close two factories. One is Nagai Plant, uh, which is at Nagai City, Yamagata Prefecture. And another one is Aizu Plant, Tadami Town, Fukushima Prefecture. Those factories were producing lenses. Now, domestic production of interchangeable lenses will be concentrated at the factory in Otavari City, Tochigi Prefecture. So the, the question is, are they shifting the production to Thailand of the lenses or are they shifting the production of the lenses they were produced at these two factories? to the Otavara factory. I think it's the second. I think so too. We don't have any specifics yet, but as soon as we do find out, we will of course let you know. We're just citing what's in the report that we have in front of us for the time being. Yeah, so the closure will happen in August this year. The site of the Nagai factory will be sold and the site of Aizu factory will be returned to the local government. In other news, Nikon released and updated the following articles on their website, setting up the Z6, Z6 II, Z7, Z7 II with the Atomos Ninja 5 for raw recording. Correct. And it's pretty much the same as previous cameras. They also updated the N-Log recording article, which is included in the Z6 and Z7 Mark II. Mm -hmm. They also updated the PCE Nikkor lens compatibility with DSLRs. It doesn't include Z-series cameras. However, there are no known issues. So it's interesting that they haven't put Z cameras in their lens cameras. Yeah, normally on their DSLRs, the mm. problem was actually the prism size. That's right. There was not enough clearance yeah. to rotate one of the axes of the lens. But on Z cameras, just because you use FTZ adapter, effectively, there's all the clearance you want because there's nothing above it. No, exactly. So there shouldn't be any issue with it. In sad news, in memoriam, Nikon UK have officially told us that they've discontinued the HR2 lens hood for the 50mm lens. That's the rubber one which you can collapse, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And the BM11 LCD monitor cover, which I believe is for the D7000. You're right. And let's take a moment of silence. In other Nikon-related news, a company called Lomography announced Kickstarter for one of their 70mm f2.8 art lens for Nikon Z series. Ooh. Let's go through the technical specifications. Okay. $399. Bargain for okay. a 2.8. Small and light, manual focus. 
available for different mounts, not just Nikon. And I think a lot of these companies, they make one lens design and they just slap different mounts on them. Pretty much. Um, but because it's a wide-angle lens, the field of view is 103 degrees. Yes. So I guess that's pretty wide. Yeah, it's a full-frame lens, so it will be compatible with the Z6, Z7, Z5, and even the Z50 if you want it at that uh, 24 millimeter. Will it be 24 millimeters? 17, 17 times 1.5, yeah, about that. It's nice to have lots of lenses available for Nikon Z system, isn't it, Becky? We talk about it all the time. We like the fact that there are other brands producing Z-mount lenses because it means that the lineup is expanding and it encourages more people to enter a new system like the Z system. And speaking of another company called Megadap, the one that we covered last week about their adapter that allows you to focus Leica lenses that cameras and also Nikon lenses via additional attachment, mm -hmm. they just released a firmware version 2 for this adapter. The main improvements are autofocus speed and autofocus single mode and autofocus continuous mode. There we go. Now, a few weeks ago, we mentioned Affinity Photo and the fact that it's 50% off. Affinity 1.9 is now here and it's a free update for anyone who's already bought the app. There were a couple of things that I thought were worth noting, because if you're not using a current computer or a current Mac operating system, you may not get raw compatibility with the Z62 and the Z72. Is that so? Yeah, let me explain. So Affinity 1.9 inherently gives you raw compatibility up to the uh, Z50, D780, P950. Those are the cameras that they've added to raw compatibility. So we already had the Z5, Z6, Z7. That's great. But they've added those, right? Now, if you've bought a Z62 or a Z72 and you want to open your raw files, you've essentially got to choose how you want the software to process your raw images. So you've got the option to use Apple Core Image Raw or you've got the option to use Serif Lab Raw. That's only going to work with your Z62 and Z72 if you have a current operating system. So we're talking... Oh, this so is very interesting, Becky. So it's Mac related. This is why it's important. Um, so if you've got Mac OS Big Sur and iOS 14, then you will have Z62 and Z72 compatibility. If you're using one of the older operating systems, you won't necessarily have Z62 and Z72 raw compatibility. That's so, very interesting limitation. Is that the way they wrote the code or what do you think? I honestly don't know the reason for it. I don't know. Uh, they seem to be a little bit behind the curve when it comes to raw updates. If we're mm -hmm. only just now getting an inherent raw update for the Z50 mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and okay. the Z50's been out for a year, then I imagine that they're a little bit, they're even more behind the times than Capture One. <laughs> okay, okay. So here, here's the thing. Affinity Pro, if you want to compete with other companies, you need to be on point and you need to release updates as, as much as you can. We hyped the Affinity Pro a couple of weeks ago because they're still on sale for $25. Mm -hmm. I think if you want to be competitive and be the second choice, you definitely need to improve on, the, on your updates. Yeah, just in terms of speed of update. But there is a capability there. It just yeah. means you have to have a current operating system, a current Mac operating system, if you want to open the raw yeah. files from a new Z62 or Z72. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of goodwill online to this company. Yes, for yeah. sure. There's a lot of there's Absolutely. a lot of followers. And in the last news that we found interesting, congratulations to Canon who celebrates production of 150 million interchangeable EF and RF lenses. Yay! Well done, Canon. Um, I believe that that milestone was something Nikon reached a few years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Canon introduced the EF mount in 1987, uh, and that's where they changed their mount. Mm. 
when did Nikon change their mind? <laughs> was it 2018 when they introduced their series cameras? And to be honest, they're still producing F-mount lenses, so... No, but congratulations, Canon. We yeah. love your competition is good. <laughs> it's a good, good bit of healthy competition. Exactly. Um, Let's go into review section. A couple of reviews from ePhotoZine. There weren't many reviews this week again, but they published review on Nikon's Z7 Mark II about a week ago, and then they released a field test. Field test is where they actually use the camera, not just reviewing it. I don't know how you can do one without other one, but they published that and there's a lot of pictures available there. They're very interesting. So what do they say? They like that there is a great build quality in design. Second card slot is a big improvement. The second XBeed 6 image processor does improve performance. Mm -hmm. Image quality is excellent and good all-round video performance. What they don't like okay. is that there aren't any massive singular improvements. A lot of people complain about this, but the, the flip-out screen is not a tilt-swivel screen, which was a complaint in their It's a difficult book. one. I yeah. guess if you use it, it becomes important. I personally didn't encounter the absence of that feature. But, Don't use it you very know. often. And also, autofocus performance, while good overall, they say is not excellent for action. As we covered in one of our overviews on the Z6 II and the Z7 II, the autofocus is not faster, it's just more accurate. So mm -hmm. I think they probably discovered that in the field as well. All right. And then they also published a hands-on with Nikon 50mm 1.2 S prime lens, which Peck is currently reviewing. That's still. right. I will, one of these days, actually publish the review on that lens. But um, the in a nutshell version is that I like it. Given this lens's price, one would expect excellent optical performance, and from what I sense, this lens certainly does not disappoint. Despite the ultra-bright f1.2 aperture, the sharpness of the lens wide open is very impressive. They provide plenty of images. I have to 100% back up the sharpness wide open factor because that's one thing that a lot of lenses tend to particularly when they're shooting at f1.2, they tend to fall short wide open. Mm -hmm, okay. The 151.2Z does not disappoint. Interesting. For your weekend read slash watch segment, we have another article by good Tom Hogan. It's called The Image Sensor Industry. Remember last week where we talked about confirmed news that Nikon ordered sensors from Sony? Shocking. Tom Hogan published this article where he basically states only Canon effectively manufactures and produces their own sensors. Mm. And that's done from one inch and larger type sensors. And before one inch, they basically ordered it from someone else. Mm. Now, everyone else, including Nikon, Fujifilm, Sigma, and even Sony Imaging, not to be confused, confused with Sony Semiconductor, mm. designing their own uh, sensors, but then ordering them from Sony Semiconductor. So a lot of those companies, when they say sensor is made by let's say Nikon, they mean that they design their sensors, but it's actually outsourced manufacturing to Sony semiconductors. There you go. Now, he makes a valid point at the end of his article where he says, personally, I don't care much about sensor origin, just as I don't know or care a lot about CPU origin or RAM origin. Have a look at the image quality. Yeah. Have a look at the performance, autofocus performance. That's what you have to care about. Exactly. What else is inside? No one cares. Think about iPhone. The specifications of the phone are generally low compared to the Android phones, but software works very different. Yes. So in terms of this, as long as you have a camera as a ready product to be used and the result it produces, that's more important than what's inside it. Yes, exactly. Now, if you want to read the full article, we will link it in the description box and the podcast notes for you. Another article you might find interesting and definitely worth having a look at the pictures on this one, a gentleman called Fabian Ofner. 
mm-hmm. is creating art by cutting Nikon cameras into pieces and then preserving them in resin. So have a look at the pictures. Do follow the link below just to see the project. There's also a little video there of what he does, but he literally slices up cameras and then... Yeah. One thing I wouldn't do is I wouldn't send him my camera. That's for sure. (laughs) I wouldn't lend him my camera. No, don't lend him your camera. But it is a very interesting piece of um, installed art and definitely worth checking out for the weekend. And the last article of this podcast is called Tokyo Expan. It's a cinematic view of Japan by Mike Amos and it's published by 35mmc.com. Now, what is Expan camera? It's a 35mm camera produced by Hasselblad. It could shoot standard frame 36 by 24 millimeter, but it's also would have a panoramic format where it can extend the frame from 24 by 36 millimeter to 24 by 65 millimeter. That's really cool. So it's not only gives you this panoramic view, it's also kind of creates the 16 to 9 cinematic view, mm. isn't it? So mm. some great Tokyo street life photography in there and the interesting text as well, him describing his journey with this camera. So again, something to read on weekend, nice and warm. And fuzzy. Fuzzy. (laughs) And this is it. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to hear more from us, you can find Becky on... Rebecca underscore Danese on Instagram. And you are... Constant Kochkin on Instagram as well. And please do hit this uh, like and subscribe buttons. We are on the race to the moon for 6,000 subscribers for Valentine's Day. So if you do like us, not love us, please hit that subscribe button. And also put a like. Thumbs up. A thumbs up. Thank you very much for watching and or listening and we'll see you for another podcast very soon. See you next week. Bye.